on Sports Beat KC, the star sports columnists Vahe Gregorian and Sam Mellinger dropped by to discuss several topics. We use Vahe's visit to the Stanley Cup Finals between the St. Louis Blues and Boston Bruins as a jumping off point to wonder about Kansas City as an NHL or NBA town. Later, we break down the latest news about Chiefs wide receiver Tyreek Hill, touch on the Royals' dismal season, recall how Big Poppy, former Red Sox slugger David Ortiz, inspired the Royals, and we close by talking about Sam's favorite enterprise of the Kansas City Star. This is Sports BKC, and I'm your host, Blair Kirkhoff. Vahe Gregorian and Sam Mellinger have dropped by, and uh, Vahe literally just stopped in from a from an across the state road trip to to St. Louis, where he watched Game Six of the Stanley Cup Finals last night. So, recording this on Monday, and this is less than 24 hours since the Bruins defeated the Blues. So, of course, Vahe and Sam, I want to talk about Kansas City. And it's maybe for the for the only time this year, you, this podcast would lead with something other than Chiefs, Royals, college football, college basketball, sporting. By the, the scene must have been fantastic in, in St. Louis yesterday. It would. It really was. I, the, the only bummer about the whole thing was the Hyperloop isn't ready yet, so I couldn't get back faster. And I think I've I've heard uh, the, the young handsome uh, guy here refer refer to the hyperloop as never going to happen. I think that's probably right, but I digress. Uh, it was a great scene. Um, you know, it's kind of interesting with hockey. I'd forgotten this because I hadn't really gone to some hockey coverage for a little while. You know, you always get the morning skate, um, <laughs> and so I went over to the morning skate at about ten thirty, and I realized this is the day of the game. The day of the game. You know, and 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 I I realized it, it, Saint, downtown St. Louis was a fortress. In fact, last time I remember standing down there, Blair, we were recording some some video outside after one of the tournaments over there on the on the corner of Market and Fifteenth. And, and so I knew there was no leaving at, after getting there at ten thirty. And and now you're just kind of in in the uh, icy uh, icy bowels of uh, the Enterprise Center for for the whole day. Um, but it was good because there was a lot to absorb and get caught up on and and. Uh, you know, hockey is, I love hockey. I love watching hockey. Outside, I took a little walk briefly to see what was going on. There were probably a good 40, 50,000 people in the immediate uh, surroundings. Really cool. And the vibe really did remind me of that feeling of the Royals in 14 and 15. You know, consider that the Blues, 52 years, they'd never won a cup. Uh, 49 years since they've even been in a Stanley Cup final. And those were kind of phony finals because they were in the loaded uh, expansion division. So, so it was great. And it was a great night and uh, would have been more fun to cover and write about had they won. I, I think it, it, it would have been a really cool moment for that city. And something with a little bit of ripples over here, right? And that's part of the reason we're talking about this. Sure. And that's, I was going to talk about that. What, what does it mean when the bar on the River Market, uh, the, the Blue the Line, blue line. Uh, had... Uh, you know, packed and people standing and partying outside. They had to close the street. Close the street for for uh, hockey fans to watch watching the game and the fact that at least one of the earlier games in the Stanley Cup, where we have television ratings, was the Kansas City was the the fifth highest rated market. It wasn't a huge number, but it was a it was a nice number and to be fifth in the country behind first of all two of the participating cities and. The other two, I think, were hockey towns, the teams that, you know... One was Providence. Ones, yeah. yeah, Providence, and, and, which Boston. And, and Buffalo, which is hockey town, I guess, yeah. right? Yeah, so what, what's the significance of that? Or is there one? I've been surprised, and I was just 
going to try and look it up on my phone, but I won't now. I'm, I'm curious what the TV ratings in St. Louis were for the 2014 and 2015 World Series. I wonder how much of a bleed over there is. For instance, you know, we're just talking about, well, of course, Providence was really high. It's right by Boston. I wonder if people around the country are thinking, of course, Kansas City is high. It's right by St. Louis. I don't, there, there's not a lot of people here you know, loving St. Louis necessarily, but there's people with family there. It is close. You know, we had the game on last night. Now this is anecdotal and whatever, but we had the game on last night. And uh, and my wife, who's a big sports fan, couldn't care less about hockey, but she looks up, oh, St. Louis is in? You know, oh, that's cool. I hope they win. That's a great you know little what I mean? analogy, though. A great little in, you yeah. know, glimpse. So I, I wonder how much, you know, I... I, I guess I'd be curious to to look up um, to know what the Stanley Cup ratings are of the last five, the the TV ratings of the Stanley Cup in Kansas City, what they are in the last five years or so. I've never really heard of them being high until this year, so it leads me to believe that it's a St. Louis thing. That there's a lot of people here who who feel connection to St. Louis, and and that has boosted it. I don't know that it's just it's the first thing that comes to my mind because I've never thought of this as a particularly strong hockey market. I think that is a much more realistic view of the whole thing. I mean, I'd like to think there's a kind of bubbling interest in hockey Me here. Too. There, there yep. is, or lingering, whatever you want to call it. But I can tell, and maybe it's because I was in St. Louis so long, and I hear from people from St. Louis that moved here. I, you know, there's a little bit of a St. Louis expat factor here, and the relatives, yeah. as you say. And it's, if you just like the sport enough, you, you kind of, you know, this is bandwagon time of year, right? Where you're like, uh, yep. let's go check it out. Uh, I did go to the blue line to watch the game the other night and immediately ran into a guy I knew from St. Louis. Yeah. And, you know, that that seemed to be the prevailing uh, group there in a lot of ways. So yeah. it's um, one other thing just introduced into this as if we aren't spinning enough plates already. But it is interesting to, to think about whether there's the reciprocal uh, concept of Chiefs interest over there to here. Now, there, I've heard from a lot of people there that have taken interest in the Chiefs. But the other thing I pick up on is they're sort of disgust with the NFL. Yeah. If, if I got to follow a team, yeah, it's pretty cool if the Chiefs are doing well, but it's not like, you know, Chiefs fandom exactly. And there's a, a belief over there. I, I'm not sure whether we ever substantiated this, but the Clark Hunt did not vote to keep the Rams there um, or voted, again, voted for the Rams to be able to leave. And that that's, um, that's, that's not a good look from, from that side of the state at this side of the state. It's that is true. Yeah, we did. Did we confirm that? Yeah, Yeah, that is true. Uh, Two two points to make. Um, I was in St. Louis for the Super Bowl when when the Patriots played the the L.A. Rams. I went into a sporting goods store, one of those gear stores, before the game Sunday afternoon, and I was told by the uh, one of the one of the store clerks that the the biggest selling jersey of the football season was Patrick Mahomes. So maybe there is a you know, little bit of a bleed of, of, of Chiefs fandom in, in St. Louis. The other thing, and, and, and Sam, I'm, I'm glad you brought it up because I remember doing this story. But I, I did a story three years ago, what Kansas Cityans watched sports-wise. And it ended that. up being the year of 2016. Yeah. And, and the reason I was struck by this was that was the year that the Royals were in their midst of having either the first or second local highest ratings among local market in the local market, right? So Kansas Cityans loved watching the Royals that year. This was the year after the World Series. They loved watching the NCAA tournament because Kansas was in it and went to the Elite Eight that year. Sunday night baseball, NFL, they loved college basketball. The Stanley Cup, there were, I think there were 52 metered markets. So when you see somebody's you know, fourth, it's fourth out of 52, the 52 largest markets. 
And for 2016, the teams in the finals that year were Pittsburgh and San Jose, and Kansas City was the 32nd rated market for the Stanley Cup that year. So that speaks to maybe just, you know, it's our cousins over there yeah. watching the Cup and yep. uh, participating in the Cup finals. And, and maybe, you know, maybe football ratings in St. Louis for the AFC Championship game were higher than they would have been if two other teams, you know, the Patriots and the Steelers had been in the, the yeah. AFC title game. There, there's a lot of moving parts here, too, because this is a good time to get in on the Chiefs. You know, regardless of yeah, whether, yeah. you know, that bastard Stan Kroenke stole your team or not, this is just, a, in general, a good time to get in on the Chiefs. So that's, you know, that, that's got to be part of it, too. I, I totally get what you just said, Vahe, too, about um, I, I, St. Louis was done so wrong by the Rams. Um, they, it, in a lot of ways, they set up that franchise to fail and then blamed the city for it failing. And by they, I mean Stan Kroenke. And, and I totally get the idea of just being so ticked off at the NFL in general that you're done. If that's how you feel, like and who, compounded, of course, by or having already lost the Cardinals. You know, I mean, yes, you know, it's, so there's yep. it's a little bit of this. You know, yep. Charlie Brown, they're pulling the rug out from under us, and out from under and us. now they go to L.A. and they're they're a really yeah. good team. Yeah, after ten, and they and they stunk for so long <laughs> in St. Louis. I, I would be bitter. I, I totally, I totally get that. If they if they never want to watch another football game, who can blame them? <laughs> I know. Uh, so I was just looking. The NBA Finals also didn't do very well in Kansas City, and this was this was three years ago. So, it, you know, I always think about it this time of year, and this is probably the only time of year I think about Kansas City not having the NBA or the NHL um, with an arena three blocks from where we're sitting right now, which is tailor made for one of those teams. Sure is, and was sold uh, to the to the voters of Kansas City with on the promise of having one of those the teams. all but promise all but the, I should the, stop short I was gonna, I is stop that short what the term was it, it was I mean it was we promised that we will get a team and then there was a wink but you couldn't you couldn't see the wink if you listened on the radio or read in print there, but there was there was a little bit of a wink God that was just wool over the eyes man that was God that was bad so um, so but I do I think about you know. Would would Kansas City support an NBA or an NHL team? Uh, what are the prospects of either one of those leagues coming here? I, I still even um, even with the interest that, that, that this area has shown in the Blues, uh, we know that the NHL is going to uh, expand us to Seattle. Right? For, is it next season or the year after? I think it's the 2021 season. Seattle becomes the 32nd NHL team that. They paired them with Las Vegas to, to bring it. And that seems like a nice, even number for the NHL. Um, so if there was an NHL team coming to Kansas City, it would have to be a relocated team. And uh, the, Arizona, the the Coyotes are always the team or the or franchise that are that seems to be in the most trouble trouble financially. But even, even when you hear of relocation prospects, other cities are mentioned before Kansas City. And I just don't think the NBA is is, is viable here. But uh, are, are we to be destined? We had it before, right? We've had both the NHL and the NBA, and with an overlap, right? Yep. I mean, it, and it, they were here for two years. The same. We, this was a four major league sports town uh, <laughs> from '73 until '76, and so it's amazing to think about that. But they just think they had the new facilities. the The Truman Sports Complex opened up in 1972, yeah. 73, and Kemper opened up about that time as well, '74, and. Um, uh, and so they put teams in the new facilities, and we have new facility here and relatively new in Sprint Center, but 
I just don't ever see it. I, I just don't see it happening. I got a quick burst in me. Then I want to I want to hear from the guy who really knows. But it might, just a couple quick thoughts. I didn't realize this till last night when I was doing some research. Did you know? It, it, I, I guess we can kind of rule out expansion NHL because the price tag is is over five hundred million dollars. It was five hundred for Vegas last year when when in twenty December twenty eighteen when it was awarded to Seattle it was up to six hundred fifty million. <laughs> so that, that the price is jumping every year. I don't know what associated costs are with moving a team here. I'm sure it's exorbitant, but not that, right? The, the question I would always have about this is, do we really see, do, you look at all the possible places for hockey, is, does Missouri need a second NHL team? I, I, I always wonder about that. Like, you know, wouldn't Saskatoon or uh, you, you, you Talking about it. a second team in, in either Montreal or Toronto. Or, wouldn't that do better? No, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I think for, it would. For sure it would. And so just that's just a preliminary thought. And I, I, I've, always, I've always wondered about whether basketball here, just because there's so much, because college basketball really rules. And you could make a good case. We probably even use this term that the Jayhawks are Kansas's professional team. And no, no uh, double, double meaning intended there. But, <laughs> but maybe there's some, uh, some that to be gathered from that. <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> But what say ye, Sam? <laughs> uh, I, I think we all feel the same way in, in this. I would adore, professionally, obviously, um, having another team. Personally, I would love it almost as much. Um, the problem with hockey is there's just not much culture here. There's just not much. You know, they talk about like sheets of ice. I was gonna in, say, there's, there's not much ice either, not yeah. culture or ice. And I've, I forgot the exact number, but I think there's like six or eight, something like that, sheets of ice. And the number that they like to have in a market is just, and it's one factor, it's only one, um, but it's like 20. They want like more than twice the, the amount. Like, And that's just an indication of how many people are interested in hockey. Um, around town, you mentioned the um, so so that's a huge hurdle, and and the places they've gone in without much culture, some of them had success early, and I'm thinking of the the Carolina Hurricanes, for instance, and there's been some other examples, but then once those teams kind of come back to earth, people go away. I mean, I remember you know my mom lived in in, in Durham. 20 minutes, 30 minutes from, um, you know, from the hurricanes. And I remember going there when they were good and it was packed and it was fun. It was, Oh my God. And then I remember going there when they were bad and there's just nobody there, <laughs> you know? Um, and, and so that's not sustainable. The problem with basketball, you mentioned the 650, right? Million dollar expansion fee for Seattle An NBA team and expansion fee would be more than twice that I would think. Whew. I mean, I, it would be, it would be approaching if not reaching 2 billion. Um, who here has that money? Because you can't just be worth two billion if if the expansion fee is two billion. You know you need to be worth three, four, five billion. I don't know who that is. Not even the guy uh, you had a long dinner with. I think he's worth one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I think he's worth one and some change. Um, you know, but you could pull together. Um, you know, the the name escapes me, but uh, you know the Garmin people. Um, they got some money. You you, you can scrape together a certain level but I, I just for Kansas City to get a team it needs it needs Clay Bennett you know that's what that's what we need we need just a rich old oil man that's got money to burn and and this is what he wants to do there, there's a little bit of momentum there's a there's an there's a grassroots effort that I will write about at some point going on to, to get an NBA team here but I there's so many hurdles there are just so many hurdles it, it, it's hard to imagine one, well, at one, this point, let me ask. Actually, it's more of a question than a statement, but uh, and and you'd probably know it best, although you grew up with it. Um, we know that the the scouts were 
for lack of a better term, incompetently run. There were there were major issues just how they were run. Just right? faded from the story. And, and so nothing went right with them. I know a lot less about why the Kings left. I, in fact, I don't really know anything about why the Kings left. Kings left after the 84-85 season. Just and, and the NBA was still at a um, at an ebb in popularity. It was before Michael Jordan became a thing, and really uh, there was there was Bird Magic. They were they were going through the good times of Bird Magic, but it but it hadn't soared in popularity. And, the, and and by then the Kings were pretty poor. They were getting outdrawn at Kemper Arena by the Comets. The indoor soccer <laughs> team were, was, was outdrawing the Kings. <laughs> And not only outdrawing them, but were more popular in the community than than the Kings were. So they were averaging about 7,100 at Kemper Arena for, for games. And the owners at the time thought that was unacceptable. And even though the NBA, again, wasn't... I don't even know if all the NBA Finals games were on in, in prime time then, even with Bird Magic go, uh, competing against each other in the Finals. But it was... It, it made sense. I, I wasn't living here. I was about four years away from living here at the time, but I've read about what happened, and you didn't blame. You didn't blame the owners for, for packing up and leaving, to, especially to a market that had never had pro sports in Sacramento that just put its arms around, around that Kings franchise. And although they haven't had much success, had more success in Kansas City in terms of playoffs than they have in Sacramento, um, it, it was the right move. It, it just was. And... I, I don't know if it's ever coming back. And to speak to a, a, one of Sam's points, Kansas City is more of a branch town than a headquarters town. And I think that's reflected in the number of people that could own a professional sports franchise. We're not Fortune 500. We There, there are a couple of them here, but but not a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that I think that helps explain why the only local owner that the city's ever had was Ewing Kaufman, right? I mean, the Hunts are Dallas. Um, uh, Charlie Finley, who owned the A's, was Chicago, a Chicago lawyer. Um, the glasses are Bennettville, Bennettville, Arkansas. There, there's no, you know, for the, at least for the sporting. Chiefs in the road, and sporting is local. Is the only one. Is the only one, and and Ewing Kaufman, of course, and that, in fact, that really drove the uh, the, the expansion of 1969. Was Kansas City had a local owner that that they had identified that would um, bring, you know, would would support baseball in Kansas City, and so that. You know, that's just a condition that's, I don't know if it's unique to Kansas City, but it is a Kansas City condition. There is, yeah. there's nobody with the deep pockets here. Mm-hmm. This isn't that kind of town. Yeah. It's also, I always go back to this, it's it's also, um, and again, I would love uh, for this to happen for so many reasons, but, you know, there, there's studies about satur- market saturation is the term. And Kansas City already rates pretty high on sports saturation when you take into account not just Chiefs Royal Sporting, but NASCAR, um, you know, all the, the big 12 events like it's just we've sport like we've got a lot of stuff going on. I also I've heard this before, but it's just like, I, is there a more unlikely string of words put together than Kansas City's indoor soccer team regularly outdrew its NBA team. <laughs> like that, that is a sentence that is true and incredible. And yeah. unfortunate. Yeah. 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 Wow. Because That's, even the Comets didn't stay much longer or that league didn't survive much longer after Oh yeah, they after were that. They were yeah. um that that had changed. So I, I looked this up the other day that there's only one US city that has a metropolitan area, um, Kansas City size, with three of the of the traditional four major league sports. So, two million, two point one million in the metro area. The only market 
that has more than the two pro sports that Kansas City has is Cleveland. Browns, Indians, Cavaliers, mm-hmm. and um, and Cleveland's a city that's actually losing population, while while Kansas City is a metro area that's that's gaining population, not as quickly as some, but but at some point, uh, Kansas City, if it hasn't already, will pass Cleveland in yeah. population. Cleveland's a sports crazy town. They've supported the Browns, the you know um, for some Cavaliers. reason, <laughs> for some reason, right? Um, but anyway, I just thought you know, I think that's right. I think Kansas City supports exactly what it should support yeah. and, and really this the month of the months of may and june are really the only time i miss not having an nba or an yeah. nhl team and when the royals are good i miss it even less yeah well, Mil- milwaukee's close you know like green it bay is how you want to count green bay two three hours away we've we've made that drive <laughs> yeah, away yeah. haven't we <laughs> yeah we have uh, we got yeah. coming up in august it's just it, it's a weird like you, you wonder like would kansas city sort of and i hate I hate the connotation here because it's not up to a town to support a team. It's up to the team to be worthy of the support. But yeah, would Kansas City sort of step up in a way if, if we got a team? I don't know. My, my sense is we would if it was good. But I go back to your point about the, the it, it's sort of a matter of that that kind of foundation infrastructure, whatever you have, right, where, where it's there. It, the interest is so, uh, so deep that it doesn't necessarily matter if, if you stink for a while. Yeah. And but you could see that novelty wearing off in each of these sports. The thing that the other curveball into this equation, if that's not mixing too many metaphors, is I, I think maybe we thought these very things about Kansas City's capacity, these numbers before sporting made it big. And all of a sudden, that's 20,000 more people that are doing that. And I don't I'm not sure whether I'm saying that as a, oh, you never know where it'll come from. Or that's another stream that's just kind of gone and means it's over over overwrought i mean that you just can't um you can't you can't keep adding 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 i know that uh cliff illig for instance is concerned about that in some ways and and look like maybe he's just being protective of his money and his brand but that's something that i've heard him talk about of just you know we're trying to build sporting into as as big of a thing as we can make it now all of a sudden you're going to bring in you know other sport and they, they they don't overlap exactly, but there's a whole lot of overlap between MLS season is about 51 weeks a year. It seems like, um, you know, and, and then now all of a sudden you've got NHL and NBA ticket. Like neither one of those things are cheap. You know, mm-hmm. you're looking at $50, $75 for an average ticket, you know, let alone a good one. All right, guys, good time to take a break. And we will be right back with the, the columnists. Hey, it's Blair Kirkhoff, and if you're listening to this, you love Kansas City sports, whether it's the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting, Mizzou, KU, or K-State, and no one covers these teams like the Kansas City Star. If you currently subscribe to the paper or have a digital subscription, thank you for your support. And if you don't, here's a great offer. It's called Sports Pass, unlimited digital access to every sports story and video on KansasCity.com. And it's just $30 for the first year. It's the best sports value in town. Just eight cents a day or two fifty a month. You can't beat that. Subscribe now at KansasCity.com slash sportspass. We are back with Sam Melliger and Vahe Gregorian, the sports columnist for the Kansas City Star. Let's guy let's touch on um, some subjects. We'll go quick through these. I haven't talked to you guys since the Tyreek Hill news of Friday uh, was was unveiled and we found out on friday that the the johnson county prosecutor said that tyreek was not 
the subject of a criminal investigation. There had been some confusion about that that uh, from from different sources, one of which was Andy Reid, who, you know, the, the day, a couple of days after the, you know, the, the couple, it was a day a couple of months ago, said that uh, he had heard that the case had been reopened. Now there's some, there's some confusion about whether it was or not. But it, at any rate, uh, the criminal case against uh, Tyreek is, uh, there, there, he's not the subject of a criminal investigation. And uh, I, I don't know how this changes much in the story of Tyreek Hill. We're going to find out. We'll talk to Andy Reid later this week. Uh, minicamp starts on on Tuesday. So what are we to make of this? Well, the only, only point I guess I'd make is that all along the thing that's really been beneath all this and 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 the, 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 the thing we're all really waiting to hear for sure is how the child services sees this. And they have taken the three-year-old we don't know if the if the twins are, are born yet, if they're going to be uh, with the parents. The the two, as we understand it, are no longer together. So there's there's still something very important here that they're trying to figure out. I would assume that uh, that stands for itself, but also that that could factor into whether th- any charges ever ultimately come. I I feel less than certain that everything is just reconciled here. And, and that, that, by the way, as that applies to the whole bigger picture here, what, what it will mean with the NFL, which is, you know, seems to me between those things that uh, we're still trying to figure out uh, that have kept them apart, taken them away from family, and uh, th- those words he said th- about being terrified, I, I can't get past that, that that's still going to matter in this. Well, I think, I think that threat, with, which you just, the, the phrase that you started and didn't finish, thankfully, uh, I think that threat is what's going to be the, um, uh, the basis for the decision that the NFL makes uh, with Tyreek Hill uh, in terms of the number of games that he's suspended. And I'm pretty certain that there will be a number of games that, that he'll be suspended. Yeah, I mean, the, look, I... The only thing I feel relatively confident in saying is that there will be some sort of punishment from the NFL. And that's as much an NFL thing as anything. I mean, you know, Roger Goodell has shown that he does not need a conviction. He does not need charges. He does not need much to suspend someone. Um, so, I, you know, that would surprise me if there's no punishment from the league. Other than that, literally nothing could come of this that would surprise me. Everything from proven completely totally innocent Tyreek Hill to the worst like I there there have been so many twists and turns um you know you still have a DA saying a crime was committed against this boy we don't know who so we can't charge anybody but a crime was committed against this boy and and then that audio leaks and I mean there's just there's so many twists and turns that I I just <laughs> I don't know how you could be not even certain. I don't even know how you could like, you know, confidently feel anything. Yeah. I, I feel, the, I feel the same way. Um, and look, one last thing about the, the, the audio thing. We, we know that that was manip- manipulated out of Tyreek, but we've talked about this among ourselves a few times. Those words are, are really horrifying words. And, and, uh, per, per our discussion we were having before we started recording. I mean, if you look at some of the things the NFL has done, um, with less than that to work with, um, it it if nothing else, it suggests the suspension is, is to me is almost certain. 
under the guise of the NFL's personal conduct NFL, policy. Yes, correct. policy. So keep that's the key phrase. Keep them, or at least the the policy, the, the conduct policy, is what uh, uh, what'll rule here. Let's let's transition quickly to the Royals on the road to nowhere. <laughs> it is unbelievable that it's up to 16 series without a series victory since sweeping the Indians in mid-April. They have gone; they're 0 14 and two in series. That's that's stunning to me. I can remember sitting here with you guys, and after 20 games, or was it 40 games, projecting the Royals' record the next 40, and we were all somewhere around 500. We we, we were, and I and I'm pretty sure it, we talked about this last week. We were they were like five and 17 in that span. Now it's like you know six and 24 <laughs> or six and 23. I mean, look, they're they're really horrendous. And uh, Sam, you introduced this into your column the other day, and and I think it's going to become more and more a point of of thought anyway if not if not stuff to write about at some point don't you do you have to just shake this up with with the guy at the helm yes yeah yeah and, i mean it that stuff has been talked about um i know that in the last year and as long as i don't think it's just because of the nature of baseball i don't think it's outlandish to say that a triple a team if you gave them 16 shots at a big league team they could win one series i don't think that's outlandish like i, I think that is entirely <laughs> possible and and the royals and it's crazy because their shortstop is a star i mean he is in a bad funk right now he just looks it looks like he strikes out on two pitches sometimes um Whit Merrifield is is looks like he's fighting it mentally uh you know especially in in you know situational hitting as they say Jorge Soler is having a really weird season where his on-base percentage is below 300 and his slugging percentage is above 500 that is unsustainable <laughs> one, one of those two things uh is bound to change but god they they you know they're doing that thing that people in Kansas City um, have a very good eye for, you know, around here, we've been well-trained to find a team that can do all the right things to lose a ball game. And that is where we're at. You know, if you're, if, if you're going to hit well, you better give up a lot. And if you're going to pitch well, you better not hit much. And that is what the Royals are doing really consistently. How much do you think you, you're just referring to Montessi and Merrifield two of the bright lights on this team overall, yeah. how much at a, at a certain point, is it just part of human nature you cannot fight off that if everything around you is just totally just not going well in any way that you just you fall into it a little bit i mean it, it, and i'm not saying that they're you know intentionally doing that but this morale morale matters in this doesn't it I, I, yeah i think it's unrealistic to expect anything different over a course of i mean just i know this is it's it said so much that it's a cliche but it's it's said so much because it's true the 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 grind of a big league baseball season is unlike the grind of any other professional sports season. And I think that, you know, for a long time, the Royals were like seventh, eighth in run scored among 15 American league teams. And their first five in the order were incredible. I mean, they, they, right. they, there was like an 820 cumulative OPS. And then the bottom three or four, it was like a 550. And, and I think maybe this is reverse engineering, but it sure, it sure makes sense that, um, those first five guys know what's up, you know, and and now they know that Martin Maldonado and, and Billy Hamilton and Chris Owings, when he was still around, those guys, they're just not doing anything. So every single opportunity that they get, there's even more pressure and you press a little bit more. I think that's that's what I would expect has happened. You know, I, I know that that's what some people around the club think has happened. And then Dozier goes out and that, that you know, that creates a new, you know, just even more. 
I've seen it not only in plate appearances, but in base running, too. I just think they're uh-huh. kind of that, that checked out. It's too strong a word. But it is, I think it is really difficult for them to be in a good mental place. Yeah. Even their veterans. It's, it's just difficult because nobody expected this. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a playoff team, but it wasn't this. It wasn't a team that's two games below last year's pace <laughs> after 65 games and a team that lost 104. They are two games below where they were at 65 games. Yeah, and two games below that pace, they ended up with 104 losses, but only 104 because they came on strong at the end. That's right, had a winning September, <laughs> That's right. a winning record in September. Yeah. You know, I got thinking about this last night. I was I was tolling up the scouts two wretched seasons in, in Kansas City, 110 losses, and I, I resisted the urge to have some kind of line in there, like, you know, <laughs> what the Royals are gonna have this year, but it, it, it it's on our minds. I mean, they're, they're really trending that way. Let's stay on baseball ju- just quickly. Um, and send some well wishes to to Big Poppy, yeah. David Ortiz. I mean, what a if if I, I, this it was stunning when I, when I saw the news. It was sort of unveiling on Twitter as I'm watching the Bruins uh, Blues yeah. game last night, and you start seeing these tweets about David Ortiz shot at a bar in the Dominican Republic. He's looks like he's he's going to be okay. He's going to survive. Um, he's going to lose gallbladder and, and part of his colon. But uh, that, that that's a stunning news. And you you had a you had a great tweet today, Vahe, about this that he uh, that David Ortiz um, uh, paid his respects to Jordana Ventura. It was really touching too. I, I, I it was just at a house where the where the funeral was, and um, you know the little Royals entourage traveling there and some family members, and he is standing at the door on the way into the house before. I mean, and he's greeting everybody. I'm not sure he didn't hug me. And I've never met him before. I certainly have no relationship with him. But but it was it was a guy looking everybody in the eye, and and then uh, there were there were some really touching scenes of him with uh, Giordano's mother too. It's just, it tells you a little bit about what he means to the country and, and who he is. I, I'll never forget. It was we were on the field before I think it was Game Two of the World Series, and in 2014, and Joel Goldberg, you know the the Royals announcer, called me over and says, "You ought to hear this." Um, and he plays a tape that he had recorded with uh, with David Ortiz after or before a regular season game in September when it was apparent that the Royals were making a playoff push and the Red Sox were not going to be part of the playoffs that year. And it was Ortiz talking to Salvador Perez and Jordano Ventura and James Shields about, hey, you guys, you know, you guys have a chance to do this. The city's been down for so long. Get this thing done. Get it done. And I, I went back and looked at that story today and thought, wow, what a for an opposing player to, to suggest that when they were about to play. That was a, before a Red Sox Royals game in September. I was, I was touched by that. I said, what, a, what a guy this is. And as if we need to know. I mean, what he did, uh, on the, you know, the game after the Boston the Marathon yeah. bombing. You know, against and, the Royals, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, in the last twenty five years. What, whatever names you want to put on the list of, of, of bigger stars in baseball, it's not going to be more than a couple names, you know? And If any. Yeah. And, and what's remarkable, too, not just that, but I'd forgotten this until today. Um, some people, a lot of people remember that, that uh, he was with the Twins and they released him even though he was 26 and hit 20 home runs and slugged five something. The Twins just up and released him. Those were good twins teams too. They were winning <laughs> yeah. the division back then. Yeah. Uh, 
but he started with Seattle. He signed with the Mariners. I'd totally forgotten that. And they traded him, you know, when he was in A ball or rookie ball or whatever. So on his third organization, when of which he he joins at 27, he becomes. And Boston is a parochial place like that. You know, that, that it matters if you're homegrown there. You know, it matters if you if the Celtics drafted you, if the if you've been a Patriot for a long time. And he joins them at 27 and becomes as big of a star in a town with some big time stars as they've ever had. And then, you know, what he is in the Dominican, you just, you don't do that just by being a really good player. You know, there, there's other stuff involved in that. Okay. Let's close it out by sending our congratulations to Alana Vauder and Alex Tota. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing it. Tata. Tata. Thank you very much, Sam, because I know you wrote about him. Alana plays, uh, she's a softball player at Staley and, and Alex uh, was multi-sport athlete at Blue Valley High, and they were the winners of the Kansas City Star Scholar Athlete Award uh, that was in the paper on Sunday. And Sam, I know this is a, um, a story that you enjoy doing and, uh, and just a, a situation that's kind of close to you and near and dear to your, your heart. It's my favorite thing that we do at the Star. I, I think it's the best thing that we do at the Star. Um, I, I remember being a snot-nosed you know, high school reporter and being disappointed when I wasn't the one to get to do these stories. And um, I did a bunch when, when I was covering high schools and I've gotten back to doing them now just because I, it, they're, they're so much fun. These kids are ridiculously accomplished. Um, Alana, is that, is that how you pronounce it? Um, had two just really discouraging hospital stays, had to learn to walk again. Um, you know, like when she got out of the, the hospital the second time, I think it was, made a list of things she wanted to accomplish. And one of them was playing sports at Stanford and she's going to go play softball there. The best softball player in her school history. Alex Tata uh, has never gotten a B in his life. Um, you know, all I, I'm going to get, I hope I'm right on this, all Metro in football, uh, a two-time state qualifier or state placer in wrestling and made the biggest play in the state baseball championship game to help his team win um, the state championship last year. He's going to go to Navy. He's going to go to Navy and, and be a Navy SEAL and protect us. I mean, that's the kind of people that we're talking about here. These aren't just, you know, hey, that's a good kid. <laughs> you know, these, these these kids are different. I'll tell you one thing that I appreciated about, about them as well, uh, and this is a little bit inside baseball, but um, they both excelled in spring sports, and sometimes spring sports athletes get a little short thrift in this judging because mm-hmm. the the information has to be in in April and May, and they're not finished with their mm-hmm. seasons. This time, a softball player, a, a woman who specializes in, in softball, and then you know Alex, who plays baseball along with wrestling and football, yeah. were, were recognized and honored, and I was happy to see that. Yeah. Can I say one more thing about this? Uh, you know, I've, I've sort of had like two stints now doing these scholar athlete stories, and the first was, you know, I'm in my twenties and single and you know whatever and now you know i got two little boys and so i'm kind of like trying to cheat a little bit and see you know like how do you guys do this you know (laughs) um and uh and so i'm sitting there at the you know their dining room table at the tata's the other day and you know i'm just sort of so you know hey (laughs) what'd you do and and they're just like yep exactly and they're like we don't know. We haven't done anything. Like he was, and I was like, that's not helpful. <laughs> that is just not helpful. So other than that, Jennifer and Ben Tata, um, you guys were no help to me on that, but you guys have raised an incredible, and not just that, but his two older siblings are, are, you know, incredibly accomplished on, on their own right too. So it's just, it's really fun. It's refreshing to do these tours. I'm so glad that we do them. 
All right, guys, that's going to do it. I really appreciate you stopping by, and we will talk again soon. Links to the stories we discussed can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Thanks to Kathy Liu and Leah Becerra for producing today's show. I'm Blair Kirkhoff, and we'll be back soon to talk sports in Kansas City on Sports Beat KC.